The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. And we are taking the spark and we are igniting it. So this is a podcast designed for you to ignite the best within you and those sparks that are already there because they're the essence of who you are. So through through this show, our hope is that we can continue to help you excavate those sparks because they're so desperately needed in our world right now for you to shine and share that illuminant soul that is you. So today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have Lillian Fortna on the show today. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, perfect. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I want to tell you a little bit about Lillian. She's been a professional contemporary dancer performing in both Europe and the USA. Uh, She's been a European fashion model, fashion consultant, Amazon rainforest explorer, wife, mother, grandmother, energy healer, consciousness explorer, artist, and most recently, a multiple best-selling author. I am really excited to talk to with her today about her book, Winks from Above Opening Up to Signs and Synchronicities to Receive Little Miracles every day. Welcome to the show, Lillianne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. So first of all, what an amazing story that you share with your audience. You bring 
to life your own experience through your childhood. And can you yes. share a little bit about, about the journey that, that brought you to write this book? To write a book, yes. Well, I wanted to share a very important discovery I made during a difficult phase of my life. That discovery brought answers to so many questions I had, and it gave me a clear vision of the way I saw myself and my place in the universe. That's when I realized that I'm not alone, and I was never alone. You see, throughout my incredible journey, I've experienced deep pain and also great joy. Like many others, I always sensed there was more to me than just my physical body. However, I rarely pondered over it or questioned the reasons behind the events that shaped my life. Oftentimes, people would say, oh, you're so lucky. But I would just brush it off and say, yeah, I suppose. However, a few years ago, I faced a, I faced a life-threatening medical condition that compelled me to pause and contemplate the terrible and extraordinary occurrences in my life. I found myself reflecting on the various events that led me to where I am today, recalling many stories from my childhood and beyond. Revisiting these memories prompted me to start making significant changes in my approach to life. And this led me to an even bigger discovery. Most of us also have or had to deal with exceptional situations. And many of us have serious questions about our purpose and existence. As I was reflecting on these questions and the answer that came to me, I realized there was a very important message for me to think about. You can't keep this to yourself. You have to share this truth with others. And that's how I started writing Wings from Above. Oh, I love this. I love this. So Wings from Above, I have to tell you, when I got this book, just the title alone, I feel like I've had that experience in my life as well. And they would be, for me, throughout my life, it's been when I'm on the right path, the universe is giving me this, or the divine, this message through hearts. Hearts show up in my life, whether it's a rock or coral. I have a perfect piece of coral in a heart. It'll be things in my path. Sometimes it's literally at one point when my father was in the hospital, there was a sandwich that was not meant to, but the way they had cut it, the side of it, it went into a point and the other side was a heart. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it formed this sandwich, formed this perfect heart. And so I started taking pictures because I was like, this is unbelievable, right? This is just so wild. And yet that's one of the ways the universe speaks to us. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and I'm glad that you notice it. It's funny about hearts because lately I have a plant right here. The flower came out and it looked like a, like, like a heart from the angle when I see it. If I move, no, yes. And then uh, I, was, I was outside on the sidewalk, sitting by my house. And you know what I found? It felt a piece of... Can you see this? Oh, yes. I mean, oh my where gosh. does that come from? Where it's does a that perfect come, heart. Where does that come from? It's cut out, apparently. I don't know what it is. I just picked it up. I thought, this is too funny. Because it flew that way and just landed right in front of me. And I said, 
<laughs> I mean, it's a piece of garbage for some people. For me, it's oh my god, it's <laughs> you. You got the yes, the this heart. So, so what? What was some of your first synchronicities? What were some of the first things that you noticed on this path? Mm, that I noticed in retro, re, retrospective because I was not really aware of all that. I took everything for granted because as a child, I would just follow guidance, not knowing what I was doing. But my life was, I would say, not a happy life. So it was a matter of survival for me to be very aware of what was going on around me, the animal, the insects, what was, what was happening. In retrospect, one thing that, that happened is about a dog that dog belonged to the priest of the village where I lived. He would come every morning to my gate at the gate of the garden, bark. I knew it was time to go to school. He was not my dog, but he would come and get me. <clears throat> then after school, he was at the gate waiting for me to bring me back home. And thinking back, it was a time when I was bullied. So I was always alone. I was not allowed to talk with other children. So I had nobody really because I was not totally white. I mean, everybody in the village was, you know, just from the area I was not. So I was bullied. It was just during that period that I remember when the little dog was with me, nothing would be said. I was okay. So I suppose it, 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 it was sent to me, was it guardian angel or my guide, just to ease my life at that time. And I have many, many stories of animals around me who helped me when I was a child. And um, many others, many others, like, like when I was hungry, I would hear the calls. I lived by the beach. The house was on one side, you have the beach, on the other side, the woods. And it was an area where nobody would, would come. You know, it was not a touristy area at the time. In the mid 50s, people did not take vacation like they do now. So it was deserted beach. Yeah, on one side, I had the beach and all the creatures of the beach, including the crows. And sometimes I would hear them, and I knew food had landed on the beach. I would run down to the beach, grab a fish or a squid or something. Because oftentimes there were several things that landed. Yes. And I would bring that back home. <laughs> so little things like that, because we had very, very little money. So that was always wonderful to have a surplus like that. And so many things. I mean, my life was a series of synchronicities. And even later on, when I was a teenager, it could have stopped because I was in a boarding school, so no more beach or nature for me to be with, just a lot of girls around me. But I found art. And via painting, writing, uh, music, my soul could reopen and I could be transported in, other, in another dimension via art. So it was the substitute of nature in many ways. Uh, so, yeah, it, and when I was in those states, I felt so elevated. It was much easier for me to see or hear or, or perceive things around me that I needed. So I'm sure you have things like that to you too. Oh, I mean, yes, you know, yes. Isn't it wonderful? It's it, fun. It is. I mean, it absolutely is. And 
you know, little things like that. What you're reminding me, Lillian, is is a, a quick story of literally when my daughter. So this was 31 years ago. Uh, no, no, no. Yes. You must have a daughter with 31 years old. Why I do. <laughs> <laughs> but but she was she was about four at the time, and then my girlfriend also um, had her son, same age, and we were up in Vail. So Vail Mountains here in Colorado. And you have to come down the interstate and there's this really big tunnel, Eisenhower Tunnel. And oftentimes it's one kind of weather on one side of this mountain and on the other side, it might be clear and beautiful. Hmm. Well, long story short, what saved us this day, we were having breakfast with the children and then they were like, we want more bacon. We want more bacon. And usually I would just say, no, we need to pack up and go. We need to get down the mountain. And instead we're like, okay. So that delayed us probably five minutes altogether, five, 10 minutes. And so we get in the car and we're traveling down the highway to that tunnel. And all of a sudden, all of this emergency vehicles are passing us, passing us, passing us. And there had been a huge avalanche right ahead of us that had covered and buried cars. Uh Uh-huh. And if we would not have stopped, to, to make the bacon, we would have been right there. Bacon saved you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And for those people that, that, that can't see this or are just listening, Lillian, the whole point, you know, she's pointing above. And that's right. It's these, these little God winks or these messages from above. Yes. Except when I talk to my guys, you know, I don't want to be there. So I, t- <clears throat> I told you, I said, look. It breaks my neck. You are my friends. You are around. So it helps, it helps me to consider them like good friends. And I walk, I just talk to one or I just, I just talk that way. It's not, oh, please do come. No, it's, hey, need help here. <laughs> you know, or sometimes when I do a healing and I'm a little bit tired, <clears throat> I want a little bit more. So here I am and say, uh, I need a hand between my hands and this body, please. <laughs> you know, like that. So <clears throat> I talk that way with them and I find it so much more rewarding. And sometimes what I perceive them to say is hilarious too. And I know it's not me making it up because it's not said with words that I would say. I just mm-hmm. hear, hear sneakering sometimes and, and something like, <laughs> you know, I mean, funny things which uh, at the time I'm not comfortable I say oh come on you know I need a bit of help not and then afterwards I say oh god this was too funny yes (laughs) I can't take myself seriously so joy joy is part of what I want to teach because despite all the difficulties we have if we can look and see the signs perceive them there is joy at the end because sometimes it's so small and you say, Oh my God, this is, Oh, Oh, this is so cute. And, and it brings you what you need at that moment. Sometimes it's just a little comfort, but that little comfort is enormous at the time you receive it, you know? So that, that's, that's something in my book, joy. And this is why wings, I chose the word wings because in wink, there is a little something playful. Yeah. It's a little, be playful. And that's why I like that. It's not as serious, you know, it's wings from above. 
<laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. I love that title. And I love one of the things that you said that I want to emphasize, I think is important, is that even though it's winks from above, one of the things you said is that it's not just above us, it's around us, it's in us, it's this is it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's part it's, of us. So we just tap in. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's true. And once we understand that, life, I feel, become easier. I mean, there will always be problems. There will always be difficulties. But still, we approach things differently. And those difficulties, we're able to assess them better instead of being totally buried by grief or pain or anger. No, all that comes on and we, 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 can, we can really see life under a much better life than, light than we sometimes see it. It's, yes. not, it's not all dark at all. Yes, and, and I think the point you're making too that is so essential for, for people to hear is that it, it does matter also what we focus on. So mm-hmm. if we're just focused on the dark and what's wrong in these difficulties. That's what we're going to see. Yes. And this is why in the in part three, where you have the blockage, I explained the blockage, which people will know, but sometimes we don't realize we are part of it. <laughs> That's one of the blockages we have. So I, I wrote everything that would come to mind to me. Yeah. And then I give very easy ways to get out of it. For instance, at the hospital, because of the mess, um, very important surgery I had in my mouth, I had stitches all over. So I could not eat for a month. So I had a tube going into my nose, directly into my stomach. That was, that's how I was fed. But I said, okay, so pouch. Okay, we're going to be friends. <laughs> so I decided that that pouch, feeding me, was going to be my buffet line. So I could have anything I wanted and, you know, no calorie. So I could have anything in that pouch. So we think about it. Oh, tonight I'm going to. <laughs> and it made my life so much easier because I would laugh, you know, instead of being, oh, I'm hungry. And I never had that. Well, first of all, I was fed, but I did not have the desire of food. Because I, I would play that little mind game. I had fun with it. <laughs> so it's it just a little example. An MRI is another one. You start, and you know it can be frightening. So I close my eyes, and boom, 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 boom. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat, and I can see Hawaii on that side. Just don't open your eyes, but you know the warmth, etc. And that helps a lot because it can be very frightening. But if you keep yourself, I'm on, I'm, on a, I'm on a boat, the boat is starting. Oh, it's stronger. High sea, we're on high, <laughs> in high sea. And then I can see the, the, the island from far away. I mean, in my mind's eye, of course. And it's, and it's fun. Um, so instead of, of uh, it's not an easy time, uh, I approach it differently. So all these little things you can change to make your life so much easier in many ways, you know? And it's just a little mind shift sometimes. It's not a whole lot, really. It's a decision. Ooh. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like changing a channel, you know, on a radio. 
Mm-hmm. So if, if you're tuned into something and it's not making you feel well, and we know a lot of times what doesn't make us feel well is literally fantasy. We're, we're having a negative fantasy mm-hmm. about what might happen in the future, you know, our fears or anxieties. And so I, I always say, like, if you're going to have a fantasy, you might as well make it a good one. And, <laughs> and like you said, instead, go into your mind and start thinking about you know, a place that you want to be or your favorite place, this wonderful vision of Hawaii, you know, I mean, I love that being on yeah. a boat. <laughs> yes. And, and it, and it's fun at the same time, you know, you do things like that, that are, that for yourself. And at the same time, oh, that was fun. I had a great time, you know, my 30 minutes in the MRI. Oh, it was very restful <laughs> instead of, oh God. <laughs> so yeah, there, there are so many, so many things we can do that way. But one thing that uh, your story reminded me is I was in a car one time in Germany when I was modeling and we were between shows. So the manager was driving quite fast, you know, German on the highway. So it was very fast. And suddenly he pulled to the side and stopped. I mean, it was so violent. Looked at him and he, he had no idea. And then we heard cars crashing. Oh. We have no idea. I put it in my book, but it's still something that, uh, and, and he could not explain. He had to go to the side and, and stop. And then we would have, we would have been in, in trouble, really. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, you know, these type of things happen and, and it's, uh, it's, wonder, it's wonderful when uh, you can explain because for the longest time, I, I had no clue, you know, oh, by chance, yeah, I was lucky until I understood that, wait a minute, there is more to it. And I can probably help those synchronicity to happen more often when you're aware, when you're aware of your guides, your angels. So that's what I want to teach in my book that beside the fact acknowledging, yeah, that was a synchronicity, but go further. Can I maybe make that happen more often? Can I make it part of my daily life so I don't miss a thing? Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, uh, there is a lot of joy for me when I know that people out there will be able to do like I do now, which is, wow, this is fun. Let's, uh, you know, and there are days where it's not quite as good, but still it's not quite as difficult because of what I know now. Yeah. And, and I want to talk more about this when we come back from the break. Um, we're going to take a quick break right now. But when we come back, we're going to be with the wonderful Lillianne Fortna and talking more about her amazing book, Winks from Above. So stay tuned. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I want to remind you all that my film, 
when Sparks Ignite is still playing on Plex Network on the More You channel. Absolutely free. Plex is a free network. So get on there, go to the More You channel. And when you look at the guide, you can find times that when Sparks Ignite is playing. And it's a film about how the difficulties and challenges that we face, you know, just as Lillian and I are talking about today, those challenges and difficulties can actually become the match point that ignites something within you that become your gift to the world. So check that out. And so excited to have this conversation with Lillian Fortna. And we're talking about guides and we're talking about how when we listen to these guides and we tune into this good, you know, this, these good things happening, these synchronicities or things that we said, oh, well, I'm just lucky or this is a coincidence, but actually we can start seeing that there was synchronicities, there's serendipity and maybe the universe or the divine shows up for us in all these different ways to help guide us along our path. What are, what are some examples of that in your life, Lillian? Oh my God, where do I stop? <laughs> um, so many amazing synchronicities. Sometimes you wish something and you really want something and you arrive, it's not happening. That was for, that was for me, Mount Fuji in Japan. Um, and actually I, I climbed it twice, but when we arrive, we arrive in June, June, July. No, we arrive in July. We arrive, it was just closing because it's open only two, two months a year because it's too dangerous because of the wind up there. Well, it's over 12,000 feet. So it's, it's very windy up there. It's very dangerous. So they close it for the rest of the year. So we arrive and I hope next year I'll be able to do it, you know. And then... We lived on a base. My husband was in the U.S. Air Force. And um, when um, the secretary of the Air Force, the U.S. secretary of the Air Force, came to visit Japan, and she stayed on the base, and her staff told the base commander she would love to climb Mount Fuji. So he contacted uh, the Japanese authorities, and after discussion they decided it will be open for one day just for the secretary so the base commander volunteered his senior staff my husband was one of them no no yes or no you go <laughs> but the wives were invited if they wanted to go so of course <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so that was august we, we had just arrived and I was able to go on Mount Fuji. So the following year, I took my 10-year-old on a night climb on Mount Fuji. Wow. It was magnificent. It's a spiritual experience because when you arrive, the sun rises very early in, uh, in Japan. You see the light come up and you see the lakes among the darkness of the forest down below, etc. It's magnificent. So I was able to have him do that. So, you know, I really wanted to go and. <laughs> wow, you did it right. You wonderful. Oh, but, that's but, so but wonderful. But so many, so many things happen, like, like discovering my book. You know, I'm not, I'm not very tall. I never considered myself extremely pretty. I mean, you know, enough, but 
But, you know, like many girls, when I was in my uh, late teen, I wanted to become a model. I mean, I was dreaming of that. Not, I knew that I was too small. Well, guess what? I was talking about that, uh, and a lady knew the, the, the director of uh, the most well-known uh, modeling company in Munich, in Germany, and it was based in Munich. And she said, I could introduce you. I said, okay. <laughs> so I went with her and the, the, the owner of uh, that uh, modeling center said, I have a beauty contest coming in three months from now. I would like to register you as you are part of my school. I never went to a school, but so I was, oh God, now what do I do? I can't go back, you know? <laughs> so, I oftentimes say, say yes, you figure out later, but there are times when it was no, no. So I went through the beauty contest out of 50, you were 15. And then that night, the judges said, go for it, you could be among the three first. But what happened is that uh, it was in 1971, and the US military was still in Vietnam. The name, the stage name they gave me sounded very Vietnamese. So at two tables of, you know, people dressed in tuxedos, it's like get up and boo me. I had no clue what it was about because they were speaking English. And at that time, I could not understand the words they were using. I don't know how I finished because I felt my smile was freezing. But I made it fifth. And the next day, I had a job <laughs> as a model. You know, sometimes you dream, things come up, but you have to you have to have some courage, either naive you're naive or you must have courage to say yes and move forward. But if you don't do, it will never happen. But of course it was, oh my God, what do I do now? You know, just <laughs> and it's it was on and on and on and on throughout my life that way. So um yeah. And still now is say yes and figure out later. <laughs> That's so great because it is when the opportunity presents itself, even if we're afraid, if this is something that we've been wishing for, when that opportunity arrives to say yes. And I resonate with that 100%. I have to tell you, when I first started this podcast a little over five years ago, I was in my office. I'm a psychotherapist by day is what I say. Um, I've got a few careers, but I've, as I'm sitting in my psychotherapy office, I literally was thinking, how do I get back into radio? Because I had been a guest on a radio show and I loved it so much. It was such a fun thing. And literally three minutes later, there's a knock on my office door and this gentleman comes in and he was a friend of a friend. And he said, Hey, I work at the local radio station. And I was curious if you would be interested in having your own show. And I mean, he said I about came out of my chair. I was so excited. I was clapping. <laughs> and I said, yes. So I went through all the training and started my own radio show and podcast. And oh, it's so been nice. one of the delights of my entire life. Yes. And you, you, you asked for it. It was strong enough in your heart that it radiated and it brought you what you wanted. It's not, it's not wonderful. Well, and, and I think what's lovely, and this is part of what your book's about, is that is accessible for everyone. Yes, exactly. And this is why part two of my book 
is after each story, not only mine, but of other people, I, I have the point to ponder because it might trigger, like it did, you know, the first story I said, it triggers um, memories of something similar or different, but maybe it triggers it. So, um, and then I have a workbook that comes with the book, actually, you can download it for free. You go on my website and then you can download it. And that way you can follow, especially in part two. Uh, and then if something comes to mind, you don't have a lot of space to write an, an essay, but write a few words that will, when you read that, it will trigger the memory. And if you want to expand, then in a journal, a synchronicity journal, for instance, then you can. But as we read the book, then you can jot down a few things that come to mind. So that's why it's, it's there. Oh, that's wonderful. Having a workbook is such a great gift. Wow. Yeah, that is so wonderful. It's very simple, but I think it's, uh, and I believe in child, like right now I'm teaching a course because uh, a book club, um, I mean, people read my book and say, well, are you going to teach? And I that's planned, but not now. So I thought, okay, you'll be my beta group. So I started with them. And for instance, for them, but that would be for my longer group, I have, for instance, a synchronicity journal, very simple, where I give explanation of what a synchronicity journal is. Then I give example of synchronicity chart for very quick entry. So that's example. And then people can make copies of that, my synchronicity chart with a date, time, description, thought, feeling, etc. But sometimes you don't have the time really, but you can put, oh, that happened, that happened. And then once it's all like that, you can say, ah, oh, on that date, I met that person. Mm, I met that person again. Oh my God, there is. And then you, you, you realize that there is synchronicity. So that's, that's also the sign synchronicities, whatever. Uh, so I'm creating things like that because I find it easy. People are busy. And sometimes you just don't want to sit down and type, but it, you can write down. And when you have time, you just, oh yeah, I'd like to write about this one or, you know. Well, I love it. And I do know that writing things down makes a difference. And like mm -hmm. you said, then we can go back and look and say, oh my goodness. And it follows up you know, principle we were talking about at the beginning that what you focus on expands. Exactly. So if you're focused on the synchronicities and the wonderful things that are showing up, you are going to see more of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. When, one thing that I, I stress is very, very important is to find the child within. Because uh, the child originally, until you were five or six, maybe, you were connected. It was very easy for you. Little signs, every, you, you were connected. And then because of education, because of what you learn, you know, from parents in school, the church, whatever, then suddenly your world becomes much more restricted because you can't do this, you can't do that. That's not the way uh, you should think, etc. So from here, suddenly you won't. But it's good to find a child again within and have fun because the child wants to have fun. And I find it absolutely wonderful now that I have a granddaughter. Now I have a reason. It's not my fault if I jump in puddles because it's for my granddaughter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I taught her. <laughs> 
I love you know, things that. Like that. Things like that. And I think it's so important because once you you are with the child within, then nothing else exists. And you give a nice respite to your soul or, or the troubles you have, you know, can breathe. So I think it's very, very important to do things that you really want to do, but it's maybe more childlike. But why not, you know? Well, it does <laughs> free our so, spirit. Yeah, it's it's so wonderful. Like if I go to the beach in the morning, I love to dance with the waves. I mean, I'm in the, the sand, but I play with the waves, etc. Yeah, I go early, so not too many people or nobody is there. But I love, it's fun. Yeah, you know, and and I talk to the waves, and then suddenly the birds are flying, and you know, I'm one with nature at that point. But I feel like a child too because it's so simple. It doesn't seem profound, but I enjoy the wind. I enjoy the, the flight of the bird. I enjoy the sound of the sea, the movement. It's, everything is there, and for maybe ten minutes, it's fantastic. It really helps you. I love it. I, I wish people could see you. I mean, the joy is just radiating <laughs> through your entire being. Um, and, and that's the point, right? That when we get in touch with these childlike states and the child that is alive within us, it's always alive within us, mm-hmm. then we can be more carefree. We can be that playful nature that really is inherent in us. Yes, it, it and is. so important to let that child out, to let that part of us yes. just shine and play. And I love it because as you were saying, and the title of your book, you know, it's that, that wink uh-huh. that is, you know, <laughs> that playful fun and, and, and the divine, you know, all those energies are also playful. And, you know, as I think that that's an essential piece as adults, we take things way too seriously. Yes. Yes. And then, and then it stays here and our heart is heavy and, we can't do anything else because, you know, instead of, you know, like now I have a beautiful frog in my little pond that I created four years ago. So every morning and, you know, I just look and talk to Fifi, Fifi the frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love frog it. frog with some green, I mean, it's big. It's about like that. Uh-huh. Copper and some green and, and it's it's so funny i have a great picture of it in front of my little buddha statue in the fear not movement she's standing right in front looking at buddha i love that picture <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the fear not and yes you know. <laughs> like like he's looking at buddha like he's the student and he's Yes. learning from Buddha. It's so adorable. So I have a lot of fun with the, these little things of nature, you know, little, uh, yeah, just it's around us and it's so, it makes me happy. I mean, it's, you know, nothing special. It just, it makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> so lovely. And, and what if someone, I'm curious, what if, and I'm sure you get this question, their life is quote unquote serious. Let's say they're facing an illness mm-hmm. or a divorce. You know, they're, they're having these difficult times. How would you encourage them to open up to joy, to open up to these experiences when they're not feeling that way? Because my, my sense too, is this is all essential parts of healing is to be able to tap into these states. Yes. 
Well, for instance, the, the illness I had with my major surgery for 18 months, as long as I did not know what it was, and nobody could tell me. The only thing they wanted to do was a hole in my palate, put a removable plug without telling me what I had. So the last doctor I saw made me so angry because he said, well, normally in your case, we, we remove the whole bone, you know? And I was so angry. I was back into my own skin because gradually in 18 months, I became so depressed. So yeah, that can happen. But the day I became angry, it's good. Because I said, okay, now, do you have two years to leave? One year? Come on. You know, to have a normal life. So what do you want to achieve during that time? So boom, that was my first step. Do not tell anybody about it. Even my husband did not know. For one reason is that I did not want to be treated differently. I wanted to face it with courage, standing and saying, okay, what do I do now? There is a reason for that. Then certainly signs and synchronicity started to show again. I was not able to see anything for 18 months because I was so miserable and I call it you put like a cloud around yourself and it gets thicker and thicker and gray to a point you don't see the light through it so I was there and it was getting worse and worse and worse until thank you to that doctor I was so angry that I reacted and suddenly so, yeah, it's signs showing me what to do well that's they sent me to Belgium to a hospital um, specialized in this type of tumor and to a doctor, young doctor, who had never done this type of surgery that he was going to create for me because he had never seen anything like that. So, Well, so and for people that don't know, it was a tumor in the top of your mouth. No, it was inside the sinus cavity. Oh, okay. Okay. And it was growing to a point that it was, and it was in the bone, that it was inside the palate as well. It was getting bigger and bigger and I could feel it, it was bothering, but nobody was going to do any, and tell me what it was. So that young doctor created a surgery never done before. And six months later, I was back here and I'm fine. You know, they did not, it kept my face intact. And that was four years ago, it kept my face intact. So. During that time, uh, the illness, at first I was surrounded by a very gray, uh, thick cloud. And that's normal. We have to give ourselves time. It doesn't happen like that. The key is that at some point we will emerge. And I did. And once I started to understand, then suddenly things went faster and faster. And I just followed guidance. Afterwards, I said, okay, all right, let's do that. You know, just <laughs> and then I could see the sign like the when um, uh, just before my surgery, before they wheeled me to the surgical room, I saw three crows play in front of my bay window. They were playing, chasing each other. My crow is my animal spirit, and number three is a very special number for me. Then I had my three archangels when I was wheeled. I closed my eyes. I could feel them. St. Michael, St. Raphael, St. Gabriel. Then at three surgeons, three assistant surgeons, and three anesthesiologists. 
<laughs> I knew everything would be okay. Yes. I had a feeling that everything was okay. So I was relaxed when I went, when they wheeled me away. But there was no certainty, though. I mm-hmm. mean, from their side, we, we learned. But, but I had a deep feeling I was going to be all right. So that was one thing. You know, when you face something you can't understand, of course, everybody, we're human. We're scared. It changes our life. How, what are we going to do from now on, etc. So, yeah, all these things, a divorce. I went through a divorce too. And uh, yeah, those things are not easy at all. But the key is to have hope. And day after day, things start to happen. And then there are little things that you can do. And I give those examples on a daily basis. Even if you don't necessarily feel like it, just try to open up. And let's say you're in an area, public area, and you feel somebody who needs a little, you know, push because uh, they're not feeling good at all. That happens, you know, in public transportation or anywhere. Get away from your own pain, but try to find something nice about the person. It could be something the person is wearing, or whatever, just, just to say something nice. But that it has to be true. So be very careful. Tell people, if it's not from here, don't say anything. It has to come from here. When I give in, in my book, for instance, is uh, there was a woman at a cash register. She was not nice looking at all. She looked very angry. <laughs> I said, okay. So I was trying to find out what I could say to her. And then suddenly I arrived in front of her. I still had not found anything because nothing was coming to mind. But then suddenly I saw on the side, she had a brooch that she was wearing. Nothing that I would wear, nothing that I found necessarily beautiful, but very interesting. So it's exactly what I told her. I said, oh, what an interesting brooch you have here. And say, and you know, a smile can make somebody pretty. The face I had seen was not there anymore. And then she, she spoke to me with a lighter heart. And then when I left, I remember I turned to, to just check and she was the same with the next person. It doesn't cost as much. And even though I would have been in a very bad situation, it might have elevated me at the same time. Because when you feel such a reaction in someone, you know, it brings you so much more beautiful energy. And, it lifts and, you up too. Yes, and, and it brings you a bit closer to your guide. And, and so little things like that that are easy to do. It doesn't cost anything. Just paying a little attention and things coming from your heart. And, and that's it. So, yeah, uh, there are times when, unfortunately, we have to let time be the healer because... You can't just say, I'm getting a divorce, now I'm good. No, there is a whole process. And probably after a certain time, you'll see why you got a divorce, why it was the best, better choice. And maybe you met somebody. If you had not been divorced, you could not have. You met somebody, it's a perfect person. It was in my case. <laughs> you know. So suddenly things happen. But it's, it's important to keep the heart your soul open, and by the same token, also the, the, the minds. Yes, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that idea of, because I think when we are sad um, or going through a grieving process, we can be very within ourselves and very withdrawn. 
Yeah, and so, so we you said just, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just looking down and you have like this tunnel vision. So to just be able for just those little moments, it's like dropping into your heart and out of your mind. And even if your heart's hurting, like today, as I'm speaking with you, I can look outside and the blue sky is brilliant and it's illuminating this beautiful tree in front of me, all of the leaves. And so just seeing those sun-kissed leaves to be in that moment. And if you bring all of your presence to that moment, there's that joy that you keep speaking mm -hmm. of. I mean, it's, yeah. it's right there. And so yeah. perhaps we can have these little moments of reprieve, mm -hmm. these little moments of joy within the sadness, within the cloud. Yes. And then it begins to evaporate. So, oh my goodness, Lillian, I can't believe we are out of time already. What yeah. a lovely oh conversation. <laughs> this is so much fun and what oh. a gift. Thank you, Thank you so, so much for having me. Oh, that, that's wonderful. For me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to speak on your show. That's, that's very generous of you and fantastic. Oh, I love having you here. And, and before we wrap up, Lillian, number one, where can people find your book? Well, they can on Amazon, wingsfromabove.com. Uh, wingsfromabove.com, wingsfromabove.com. That's my website. Otherwise, Wings From Above on Amazon. It's on Audible, uh, ebook, and um, paperback. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, so exciting. And what would, what would your essential message be, Lillian, that you want to make sure that you leave with our we are listeners? never alone. We are never alone. So those of you, you know, going through a very difficult time in your life, once you start opening a little bit, you will feel that you get guidance. Reconnect with the guidance you used to have. Maybe, maybe you remember when you were a child, you had, you had a guidance. So whoever you pray to, it doesn't matter. The main thing is that you feel there is guidance and talk, open your heart and be ready to receive. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.